0: This is Illinois in Focus, powered by the Centersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about another year of population decline, pension debt, continued fallout from the ComEd bribery scheme, and more. We'll also get commentary from The Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the state's continued population decline, COVID mandates, and a Christmas message. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug,
1: publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at thecentersquare.com, the country's fastest growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer's sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. At the centersquare.com, that's the centersquare.com.
0: Thecentersquare dot this is Illinois in Focus powered by the cindersquare.com I'm Greg Bishop here are some of the top stories from the past week Illinoisans continue to flee the land of Lincoln Kevin Bessler has that report according to the latest figures from the US Census Bureau from July 2020 to July 2021 there were nearly 114 thousand fewer people in Illinois only the District of Columbia and New York had a greater percentage decline in population University of Illinois extension researcher Zach Kennedy says the outward flow of younger Illinoisans in the last decade is is unprecedented. The U.S. population actually grew in sort of the prime working age age cohorts: your 25 to 29s, your 30 to 34s, and your 35 to 39 year olds. Whereas Illinois actually lost population um, in these age cohorts. Wirepoints president Ted Dabrowski says Illinois' high taxes are just part of the reason people are leaving. It's also the high level of corruption and
2: overall a lack of opportunity because high taxes and, and corruption. Or job killers in the
0: end. Texas saw the largest increase in total population and Idaho's population grew at the fastest rate. I'm Kevin Bessler. And while the final decennial census for Illinois released this summer showed the state lost more than 18,000 people in the last decade, yearly estimates put the number closer to 403,000 lost in the past decade. The U.S. census this week estimates 114,000 people in one year lost. That's on top of the estimated 80,000 lost the year before, which was on top of 255,000 lost in years prior. Republican State Senator Sally Turner said it's the state's high taxes, one-party rule, increase crime and corruption that are to blame.
2: When people look at those things, they think, do I want to raise my family here with those types of issues?
0: Democratic State Representative LaShawn Ford said policymakers need to focus on combating crime, but also investing in early and higher education. He said prosperity should be the goal. So
2: we have to make sure that we do everything to make sure that we spend taxpayer
0: dollars wisely. If we're overtaxing them, we need to lower those taxes. Kiplinger recently ranked Illinois the worst tax-friendly state in the nation for middle-class Americans. Illinoisans fleeing the state in droves may find better employment elsewhere. Illinois Manufacturers Association president and CEO Mark Densler said they see that long trend in manufacturing jobs. In the last decade, October to October, Illinois has lost 24,000 manufacturing jobs, net manufacturing jobs. All of our neighboring states have gained manufacturing jobs at an average of 38,600. And while the states carved out incentives for certain manufacturers, like electric vehicle makers, Denzler said there needs to be a more rounded approach to make Illinois more job-friendly for all sectors. And the best way to do that is to create a strong economic infrastructure good policies, good regulations that don't hamper growth. Recent audits of some of the state's largest public employee pensions show increased funding ratios, but the state's far from out of the woods on the unfunded liability. The Illinois Auditor General released audits of the teachers' retirement system, the fund covering all teachers' pensions with the exception of teachers for Chicago Public Schools. The audit showed a funding ratio increase from 37.8% in 2020 to 45.1% in 2021, a jump of 7.3 points. The audit released for the state university's retirement system showed the ratio increased more than five points from 39 percent to 45.5 percent. State Representative Mark Batnick said it's kind of good news. We're failing by less, right? If you look at these as grades, 90 percent funded would be A. I think you know we should get to work towards 100 percent funded. You know, 80 percent would be B, and so on. And we're still. We're still getting a, a failing grade, albeit moving in the right direction. Both funds combined saw $16.4 billion in increased investments from the prior year. Batnick said that shouldn't be relied on, as there could be investment losses in the future. Lawmakers need to pay down debt, not spend on new programs, Batnick said, worrying that the passage is prologue with what happened with recent energy legislation. It was a $700 million bill to solve a $200 million problem. nukes needed $200 million, according to them, to stay open. But somehow we spent $700 million doing that. You know, that other $500 million that went to other programs and other things, imagine what that could do long term if you use that to cut away at your at your pension death. With hospitals seeing increased COVID-19 ICU beds, the Pritzker administration says they're getting out treatments where they can, but the focus is on masking and vaccination. From November 29th to December 19th, the number of ICU beds statewide with a COVID patient went from 457 to 845. That's still shy of the 1,217 ICU beds that peaked the prior year. The total number of staffed ICU beds, including COVID, non-COVID, and vacant beds, has decreased statewide by nearly 300 in the past year. Governor J.B. Pritzker, who mandated vaccines for healthcare workers, continued to promote vaccine and masking, but last week, he also discussed getting the COVID 19 monoclonal antibody treatment out everywhere throughout the state.
2: That's not a small feat. Uh, it's hard to get a hold of them. There's a bit of a shortage of
0: monoclonal antibodies, but we are managing
2: that throughout Illinois.
0: On December 10th, the Illinois Department of Public Health estimated such treatments prevented 235 hospitalizations in a month's time. They encouraged primary care offices, clinics, and other health care providers to access their ability and assess whether they can provide the treatment quickly. Those who can get the treatment have to be at least 80 pounds, 65 or older, or people 12 and older with chronic kidney disease, heart or lung disease, pregnancy, diabetes, or are immunosuppressed. Treatments must be provided between 3 and 10 days of a positive test. IDPH updated a list of monoclonal treatments that are available on Tuesday. The governor said that they're also managing shipments of a pill treatment.
2: Although they are a little less effective than uh, the monoclonal antibodies, they're still somewhat effective, and so we want to make sure that those are getting to hospitals across the state.
0: Outside of treatments for eligible COVID patients, the governor continued to promote vaccination and masking as a form of protection. The city of Chicago's issued a vaccine requirement for patrons wanting to dine in, use a gym, or view indoor entertainment, and that starts January 3rd, 2022. Andrew Hensel has that story. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued the requirement in Chicago
1: earlier this week after an uptick in COVID-19 cases.
0: There's no denying that we are in a fifth wave of COVID-19. This new wave is seemingly more deadly than the last, spreading faster and causing profound harm. Governor J.P. Pritzker said he is going to encourage all local officials to look at stricter mitigations. Well, throughout this pandemic, I've said that local governments, county governments, uh, should certainly look at stricter mitigation.
1: The Chicago indoor vaccine requirement will go into effect on January 3rd,
0: 2022. I'm Andrew Hensel. Meanwhile, State Representative LaShawn Ford, a Democrat from Chicago, said the mandate will hurt Chicago businesses and be discriminatory.
2: It's clear that there is going to be a major, major um, impact on blacks being able to go to these um, venues.
0: Cook County issued a similar mandate Thursday to take effect January 3rd. A political video published by the Illinois Education Association is being criticized as propaganda by the targets of the production. The six-minute highly produced narrated video from the IEA shows a mock detectives board with a variety of groups and individuals it attempts to string together claiming that they're trying to make schools less safe and tear down teachers unions. The first target is attorney Thomas DeVore, claiming he's profiting in a lawsuit that parents brought against schools over mask mandates. Why would DeVore be looking for all this extra cash right now? One reason could be he's running for judge. That's right, he's planning to fund an election campaign. On a Facebook Live video, DeVore said the connection IEA's attempting to make is, quote, ridiculous. It's almost like they... In a pompous way you're going how dare you question the manner of which we're doing things right it's 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 an arrogance about them devore called the video propaganda his case representing parents is pending as is a separate case teachers and staff have brought challenging vaccine and mask mandates in schools one of the groups the iea video says is part of the vast scheme is awake illinois shannon adcock founded the group and said nobody's ever offered her organization dark money She said it's the unions that fund politics. The Illinois Teacher Unions and and the school administrative organizations gave over $7 million in contributions to political candidates last cycle. Her group isn't sinister, Adcock said. Their power's from parents fighting for the rights to control their children's education. Yeah, we're not asleep at the wheel anymore, so it's it's awesome to see parents waking up and realizing the, the machine that we're up against. Adcock's one of the group of more than 700 parents suing more than 140 schools and the governor over mask mandates. Commonwealth Edison proposed paying $21 million in refunds for customers to address the bribery scandal it admitted to last year. Attorneys separately suing the utility say that's far from the company's ill-gotten gains. The utility agreed last year in a deferred prosecution agreement with federal prosecutors that it tried to bribe people close to then-house Speaker Michael Madigan in an influence campaign. Attorney Stephen Blandon said the utility is trying to say they got rate increases legitimately after admitting to bribery. Blandon said the $21 million that ComEd suggested paying is far off from what they think the utility gained improperly.
2: If you look at Commonwealth Edison's uh, profits over that time period, it's close to about $5 billion. If you look at how much the ratepayers have uh, subsidized Commonwealth Edison to pay for all of these illegal programs that came down The number is closer to about $12 billion.
0: As to recent ethics provisions lawmakers passed this summer, creating an ethics monitor with the ICC or requiring utilities to have ethics compliance officers, Blandon wasn't holding out hope.
2: So our case in so many ways is a test case as to whether or not the energy uh, industry will be held accountable for when uh, when it bribes the legislature. Do they get away with it or not? I have a lot more confidence in our lawsuit in the court system and the judiciary than I do in um, uh, attempting to legislate away corruption.
0: Blandon along with co-counsel Adam Levitt suing ComEd in a class action lawsuit on behalf of 4.3 million ComEd users with a motion to dismiss pending. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at Centersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by Centersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop.
1: Everyone and welcome back to the Illinois Focus podcast. It's the Crosstalk segment. I'm Chris Krug, publisher of the Center Square, headquartered right here in Illinois. Joined by my friend Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square. What is up, Danny?
2: Hey, Chris. Welcome. It's uh, it's holiday week. If you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, and, and, I, or and I do Kwanzaa. Uh, Merry, Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um. Looking forward to it. Hope everyone gets uh, some time to spend with family and just enjoy the entire season. You know, if there's an echo in the room,
1: uh, I'd like to apologize for that. There's not, not a whole lot you can do about it when 114,000 people just leave at once. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so if, if, if you're just you know, checking into the news this week, the uh, census update came out, and it last year alone – a hundred and fourteen thousand illinoisans became former illinoisans and um that's not good
2: no it's unfortunately it's a disturbing trend um for the past seven years based on u.s census data illinois has uh, on net lost residents to out migration Every year, of course, last year was the decennial cent, uh, census where every 10 years, the U.S. census has to do an official population count. You got the surveys in the mail. Um, in in 2020, you had to fill them out. Um, uh, it, it's done for a number of reasons, including... Um, political reasons, uh, redistricting for for congressional seats and legislative seats and and whatnot. But every year, the census census puts out a new survey um, based on uh, 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 certain statistics that they get, uh, tax information, um, births, deaths, things like that. And they do an annual update, and that annual update came out this week And for the seventh consecutive year, Illinois lost a significant number number of residents on net, meaning, uh, you know, when you take the the new birds and the deaths in the state um, and and then you add in the people who move into the state and move out of the state, Illinois lost uh, more than 100,000 people uh, last year. And um, each year for the past seven years, that number gets higher. People are just flocking out of Illinois, and you know, I, I guess it's hard to blame them when, when, when you see what's been going on in this state, in this state for so long. Among the highest tax burdens in the country, um, a legislature for the past two years that essentially uh, gave up its authority to legislate and turned turned all power over to a single person and Governor Pritzker when it comes to COVID nineteen uh, mitigations, the corruption in this state, the ongoing federal investigation into the Illinois legislature and local officials um, uh, that that tied in former Speaker uh, Michael Madigan, um, the the. Burdensome business regulations that have impacted jobs, people have had enough, and they're and they're essentially voting with their feet, and that's bad news for the long-term health of Illinois.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if you go back to 2014. Um, in aggregate, I guess technically on and then on net, Illinois is down 406,000 people. Yeah, 406,000 people. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, danny it's this story. it's just like it, it you know. It, I'll never ever forget it. You know, when I moved here as a young as a young man in my mid 20s, I ran into this guy literally at a, at a bar in Schaumburg. And uh, of course he looked like, you know, Mike Ditka, had the koogie sweater on, mm-hmm. you know, and the big mustache and you know whatever and and uh he's like, oh, "You don't sound like you're from around here." And I said, "No, I just moved here." And he goes, "Well, welcome to Chicago, the most bulletproof economy. In the United States, he said, "You're going to have a great life and a great career here." And you know, it was just so wonderful, welcoming, and so positive. I'm just going to guess that that guy moved out. <laughs> 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 I mean, I I never saw him again, but my guess is that he he must have moved he must have moved on. I, haven't I mean, seen it him, just, it's just so different. You know, the attitude around what you know uh, around life in Illinois now versus life in Illinois. And this isn't that long ago. It's 25 years ago. I mean, it's b- barely like a generation. And it's just we've been crushed with so much debt obligation. Our taxes are high. Our business regulations are brutal. And we're going to talk in a little bit about about the Illinois Teachers Union, uh, the IEA. But, you know, I mean, it's just like... My goodness! It's like, do people not understand why Illinoisans are leaving?
2: And, and one of the one of the big misperceptions, or one of the um, the falsehoods that um, those in power in Illinois try to put out there, is that it's you know it's senior citizens who are tired of Illinois' winters. Of course, it's it's near the nearing the end of December. It's cold out. The wind can be brutal. Um, at times the senior citizens flocking to warmer weather, but that's, 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 yes, some senior citizens are part of those who are moving out. Um, but the data shows that it's, 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 it's college graduates who are leaving the state for better jobs yep. for lower taxes. Well,
1: college Danny college kids who don't want to go to school in the state. Number one, yeah. right. They go to school in some other state and then they stay there. Right. Um, it's happened with my daughter. My oldest girl. Bye-bye. Are, Probably, yeah. She's never going to live here. I mean, and it's not, and and and, and I mean, it, her choices are her own, right? But she's, the opportunities where she ultimately landed are, are better than the opportunities that are, that are available to her here. And, uh, you know, she didn't go to school here. So she's working in the same place where she went to school,
0: right. which is
1: the metropolitan area. And uh, seems Both pretty are, happy about it.
2: Both of my children uh, have gone to school in other states now. Neither one of them has graduated yet. My my son, he was the older student, is a junior um, at a school in Alabama. Um, he's indicated that he he he's not coming back to Illinois after he graduates. He's gonna he's gonna find uh, a job elsewhere. My daughter is not as uh, committal as that, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she does not uh, return to Illinois either. And unfortunately, there's just too many. Too many people making those decisions, and 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 each individual that decides to leave in Illinois, that's a few, one fewer taxpayer. Um, that's one fewer person um, uh, uh, to fill uh, a, a vacant job in Illinois. Of course, there is still a hiring crisis. There's a hiring crisis across the country, but it's worse in Illinois than it is elsewhere. That's one fewer pe- uh, person to um, Uh, frequent local restaurants, local grocery stores to boost the economy by spending their disposable income on things. It's just it's 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 bad news for the state's future as a whole. And unfortunately, Governor Pritzker and and the the lawmakers in the state legislature don't seem to get it because they're not doing anything from a policy standpoint. Oh, they're pushing the same failed policies that have put Illinois in the state that we're in right now, and it's only getting worse.
1: Yeah, I mean you know, you talk about it like that uh, hiring, you know and and uh, did you call it a hiring crisis?
2: Yes, there's a very there's, there's a high, a worker shortage crisis. You, you want to call it a hiring crisis or a worker shortage crisis? There is one uh, in this state.
1: You know, and like I am wearing New Balance shoes, so I can I can sound like an old man if I if I want to. Right. So I'm going to. When you and I got out of school. okay, In 1990. Right. There was another kind of problem with regard to the jobs and the job market. It was getting one. We all wanted one and there weren't any. And here it is a generation later. And now there's oodles of jobs and no and no one to fill them. Yet President Biden just this week further delayed repayment of student loans. I mean, let's like what come come on. I mean it's just like so you don't have you don't have to work. It's okay to not work.
2: It's okay to not pay your bills. It's okay to not pay your pay your bills. And in and, and Illinois, I mean, we've been doing that for decades. When you look at our pension um, debt, when you look at our unpaid bill backlog, backlog which has improved, but when you get billions uh, of dollars in federal stimulus money during the COVID-19, your situation is going to briefly improve. When those dollars dry up, uh, it's going to get worse uh, real quick.
1: Why should the government run its house any differently than the way that that any of
2: us would be charged to run our house. Well, the truth is, it sh- it shouldn't be run any differently. But because the um, because the government can print more money, by the way, that's led to the record inflation we've or the 40-year record inflation that we've been, been seeing experiencing this year. Which, even though wages have increased this year, they haven't kept up with inflation. So every dollar you earn. Um, uh, doesn't buy as much at the gas station, at the grocery store, to pay your uh, home heating bills, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the federal government gets away with that, but it has long-term, longer-term impacts on the economy. Our, uh, 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 our federal debt has ballooned to almost $30 trillion. That's trillion with a T um, uh, because, because of these very poor policies, And that's something that your children, my children, our listeners' children are going to pay for.
1: Pay up sucker. All right. Hey, um, I want to talk to you about uh, about this, this new film that I've seen recently. Uh, it's a short, I think it's going to be entered, you know, into the contest next year into the uh, short mockumentary fiction category. Uh, it's from the Illinois Education Association. Uh, I don't know if they got Scorsese to direct this, or, or, or I mean, it's a fairly slick production. I mean, it looks like a, a an episode of CSI, or maybe uh, I don't know something else. It, it's really fascinating. Uh, what's it about? And how many stars do you give it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, the the this video from the Illinois uh, Education Association, the state's uh, largest teachers union, um dropped, it's about a 6-minute video. It dropped um I don't know a week or so uh, ago, essentially uh during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um initially schools were closed and depending on where you go to school and depending on whether you go to a public school um, uh, where uh, members of the teachers union uh, teach or whether you go to a private school um, or essentially depending on governor pritzker's whim um, um, you missed you you went to remote learning early in the pandemic many public schools stayed uh, uh, in remote learning in the fall of um 2020 and into the spring of 2021. Um, Then when they did go back, finally they were required to wear masks for seven, eight, nine hour school days. Um, Sports, high school sports were canceled during parts of the, uh, um a uh, 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 pandemic um so parents have have been frustrated with that and other things that there's this this latest issue that pr- popped up um you know this school year is the teaching of critical race theory in some schools even though teachers unions insist um, that it's not being taught there's plenty of evidence uh that at least certain concepts of Crt are being being taught in schools and anyway parents, because of this two years of the pandemic and other things going on, parents have been vocal about their frustrations with school districts, uh, with local school boards. They've been showing up to local school board meetings and airing those frustrations. And apparently um, the Illinois Education Association isn't happy uh, that parents actually want to say in their children's education. So they put out this some six minute or so uh, video blaming certain people for stirring up problems in this in the uh, school for for sowing division in schools parents versus parents uh teachers versus teachers yep. um and and they have some specific they have some specific targets uh one being attorney Thomas DeVore who has been a thorn in governor pritzker's and teachers union side during the pandemic has filed multiple lawsuits uh, including one against 140 or so school districts across the country that are enforcing this eight-hour-a-day mask mandate on kids as young as five and six years old. Um, uh, they have they blame dark money groups for stirring the pot and getting parents all riled up about it when, you know, um, uh, too bad. You know, parents should have a say in their child's ed- education, and um, you don't like it, I'm sorry.
1: I I'll, I will t- you know I I watched the video and um and you didn't tell me how many stars you'd give it by the way I, I guess I, a- I gotta
2: I, I gotta watch a movie or a video twice before I'll oh, give okay. it a rating because you always see things and, and learn things after the second second viewing right
1: right there might have been something hidden in there you know <laughs> yeah. like a like a like a, a a meaning or something like that you know um you know i went through the whole zoom thing Dan, with an elementary uh, age yeah. kid i'm sorry and a and a middle in a middle school age kid i'm uh, sorry i, I learned <laughs> i learned a lot what's go, you know about what was being taught in my local schools and i'm like holy moly this is bananas it's absolutely bananas i would say that it was the best worst experience of my life you know the the it just it was it was it was awful it was awful. And the fact that they couldn't adapt to it really suggested to me that, you know, that, that, that maybe, you know, maybe we don't have the right the the right people in this industry and that, that this industry itself has some problems. That, that's what it showed. That's what it showed to me. Now, I haven't taken I haven't taken, uh, you know, uh, uh, an advocacy action position uh, like uh, so many other people have, you know, uh, in the state and around the country but I completely understand why they would have done that because if you would have seen what we all saw last year on the zoom school, which I affectionately referred to as cartoon school. And if you weren't up in arms about it, holy cow, what medication were you on? Anyway, the IEA is like, I don't know, like this becomes like a nothing to see here uh, uh, attempt this video. And what did they spend to produce that thing? I mean, that's got to be a hundred thousand dollar video. It has to be. Yeah.
2: And then to market it to to get it in front yeah. of to put it in front of people like
1: us, so we can so we can fairly evaluate it. <laughs> one
2: star. So so you you get you got one star out there. All right, I The uh... only
1: it's I I don't know I can't go zero stars. I mean I would I would I mean it, they did they did create something. I mean, I guess it depends on how you watch it. If you look at it as a work of fiction, it could be four stars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they brought one of the Koch brothers who's dead back to life. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> they created a supervillain from the grave, <laughs> among other things that are pretty hilarious in the video. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so,
2: uh, I don't, I don't know, and, and you know, and, and of course they, 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 I don't know how many times I'll have to go back when I watch it again. I'll count how many times they said dark money, groups financing political campaigns or what, or whatnot. They failed to mention that the that the that they themselves, the Illinois Education Association, spent seven million dollars in union dues money. In in their union members dues money seven million dollars on political campaigns last year and and guess which party got you know kind of almost all of it. Um.
1: Uh. Time's running out. Whig
2: party. <laughs> Chris, I think you're gonna have to go back to school uh, get a new history lesson. Sorry, I didn't get that one right. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Democrats really do. Uh, they they kind of lean into this uh, into the union uh, education space quite a bit. And I mean, it was only earlier this year, right, that that the Center Square at, uh, at our National Bureau in D.C. that we uncovered the relationship between the National <coughs> Federation of Teachers and the CDC on the back to school guidelines, and how much did that cost them to, to to get to to get the influence? Twenty million bucks.
2: Yeah. To Democrats,
1: fascinating. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you know that's a fine film, and uh, I highly recommend it. Um, I would I would encourage you to post that to Rotten Tomatoes, and let's see how the the real world scores that. Uh, speaking of the real world, uh, Chicago never fails to amaze, and they are keeping it real as we go into the end of the year. They are buttoning it up uh omicron is upon us it's raining terror across the nation sending people home with cold and flu-like symptoms not very many to the hospital but making people ill and it is the latest variant of the coronavirus and chicago is having none of that dan
2: yeah more uni- or more uh uh Government by uh, uh, single executive's uh, decision. Mayor Lori, uh, Mayor Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, this week um, said the city will require um, gyms, restaurants, entertainment venues, other outlets in the city to check and confirm the vaccination status of all patrons. And get this, five years old and older. Yeah, not just not just adults, which would be problematic enough. But anyone five years old and older has to be vaccinated to visit um, a a restaurant, a gym, a uh, a, a music hall, a theater. Um. This, you know, so it's. Uh, I, I just don't know what to say about it anymore. We've been talking about these these uh, executive restrictions that uh, for almost two years now, and they're getting worse. They're not getting better. Yes, Om- the Omicron variant um, is significantly more transmissible than other past variants, but it also it's also. Uh, Less effective in terms of uh, affecting the health of individuals. Right. Study it, it, it. You know, it was first discovered in November in in South Africa. New new study out out of South Africa. I don't know if you or our listeners are following South African studies, but when oh, yeah. it's COVID, when it's COVID related, you know, I t- we, uh, you tend to want to pay attention. And the 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 Omicron variant is significantly uh, less devastating on people's health than past variants. Far fewer people um, ha- have major symptoms from from this variant. Far fewer people need to be hospitalized because of it. And frankly, significantly far fewer people are being, are dying from it. it uh, unless something's happened in the last 24 hours or so, there's been a single U.S. death from the Omicron variant. A, a, a Texas uh, man who had, um, like most who have died from all variants of COVID-19, had significant other uh, health issues. Yeah.
1: No, I, I mean, I, like from the very beginning when this, you know, when the this, the, uh, when Omicron became um, known, I mean, Dr. Kotzia in South Africa, you know, and, and and largely this is, this was a regional thing. It was Southern Africa, but from the nation of South Africa came out and offered um, perspective on, on what she was seeing. I mean there she's physically there and said exactly what you just said. I think that you you articulated that perfectly. Um, but while she was saying that and meanwhile she's a doctor and meanwhile she's dealing with this directly and you know meanwhile she's not, you know, some kind of wingnut, right?
2: No, she yes. no, this
1: country goes crazy and the and the and the world goes bananas along with it. And uh, we're shutting everything down. You know, we're going to now we're, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to stop allowing people from the southern region of Africa to travel. Well, that didn't that didn't work um, because this thing's all over the country. And who knows? It's all over our country. It's all over the world. Who knows how long it's been here? And who's to say that it actually did originate in, in South Africa, the nation of South Africa? because it very well could have been somewhere before that and they were the first to detect it because they've done a pretty good job with, with, with COVID throughout the last going on two years now. Right. Yeah. This thing in Chicago to bring it back here. I mean, and, 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 I mean, I'll share perspective with you. So I travel a lot and I was in Seattle earlier this fall. Um, and by the way, welcome to winter. You know, we passed over the solstice, we're officially in winter, but earlier this fall. So I think it was in November I was there. And they were doing the same thing. So thank goodness I had my vaccination card with me, or otherwise, I would have had to have left King County, where Seattle is, to eat. And I would not have been allowed to stay in my hotel. But here's the thing my vaccination card, I mean, I don't like the privacy aspect of that, the fact that I have to, you know, somebody asked me for my papers. I really don't like that. But who's the person on the other side of this document that's reviewing it? They don't have any training. I mean, true story. First time I was asked for for my document, I showed him my card. The second time I was asked, I showed them my eyeglass prescription. <laughs> they have no idea. I mean, it's, and it's like what you know—it's—it's a—it's a—it's a joke. It is a joke. We could not get contact tracers to work with a forty million dollar commitment, and training, and whatever else that the state threw at that, and that program did nothing. But we're going to now mandate that private businesses become experts in identification cards for vaccinations
2: to permit- yeah i mean you, you, you've gone to these restaurants before the greeters at, at many of these restaurants my daughter is 18 years old last year she was a greeter at a, a fairly nice um, uh, a local restaurant here in the suburbs of chicago she was 17 she's a sweet little girl She's supposed to be checking a 50-year-old man's vaccination card. And, and, dealing, him he, with
1: that, and dealing with that baloney. Yeah, like and telling him he can, can or cannot eat there. That's, yeah, oh my God. it's ridiculous. I'll tell you what, I got boosterized this, this, uh, this past weekend.
0: Congratulations. Um,
1: yeah, felt felt great. Uh, I talked to the pharmacist at the local Jewel, and she said, you know, I can't tell you how many people are yelling at me. And taking, taking this out on on, on me and, and my staff because people want to show up and get the booster. People walk by the booth and give her grief because she's giving out the booster. I'll tell you what, if you're going into Chicago, um, know what you're walking into. You're going to be asked to show this vaccination card. Do not give grief yeah. to the 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old young man or woman who's standing out there who's actually showed up to a work don't do that
2: right good point great point it's not their fault they're being ordered to do so uh, because the city's mayor is ordering them to do so
1: give her uh, the grief number one and number two turn around and go back to the suburbs there's a thought for you yeah chicago is pretty at a distance hmm no. Yeah,
2: it's been it's been almost two years, and we haven't we haven't learned a thing. Uh, well, we, we some of us have learned something, uh, that our uh, some of our elected officials uh, like this power grab that they've been able to seize, uh, during the pandemic, and um, it, it it's they've fed off of it, and they refuse to give it up, uh, and that's all this is is a power grab. Um, these these. These vaccine mandates, these vaccine passport mandates to get into re- restaurants, it's it's a complete violation of individuals' uh, uh, freedom. Um, I, I don't understand why courts have not struck these things down time and time again. Um, our, our, you know, it's been two years, almost two years, we've been in a quote-unquote public health emergency. You know what? COVID's going to be with us for a while, right? Vaccine or not, no vaccine or not. COVID's not going away anytime soon. Are we going to be in a public health emergency for years and decades, even potentially?
1: I, I, I mean, uh, it's I guess it's a, po- it's a possibility. I mean, if you watch South Park, you know, it could be 25 years from now before we get this resolved. Um, Dan I you know I just yeah I mean I, I'm with you I mean we all have choices To make if you live in the city of Chicago And you're listening to us uh, I feel for you you know I mean You are you're, you're, you just got boxed in Or boxed out one or the other Depending on how you look at it uh, Move to the suburbs Or better yet go back to story Number one and move out Because you don't need to deal with this Nonsense and uh, You know I'm not gonna <laughs> how about that buddy
2: yeah i I'm with you i won't be I won't be uh, visiting a, a, a you know and I, and I feel bad for the workers of these places because it's not their fault but i I won't be visiting a Chicago restaurant or entertainment venue um while this nonsense is going on
1: well Dan you know what um we are just about out of time and we're you know we're we're actually we're hustling for the holidays here um you and I will not be on next week's show. However, I did want to promote next week's show, because we are going to do the year in review on Illinois in focus. So we'll have all the big stories from the past year from the center square uh, in Illinois uh, on the show. Um, Greg Bishop is going to host that. But you'll get to hear from uh, Kevin Bessler as well. And, uh, and Andy, Andrew Hensel will be on there as well. Um, so a a really terrific, rich look back at the year that was 2021.
2: I re I reiterate that please enjoy, um, your time with, uh, family during the holidays. Um, uh, Appreciate every single moment of it. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Han- Hanukkah, um, whatever you celebrate. And because we won't be on uh, next week, but there will be a, a podcast looking back at 2021 and all the fine things that happened this year in the state of Illinois. Have a happy new year as well.
1: Appreciate it, Dan. For Dan McHale, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Illinois Focus podcast. This was the Crosstalk segment, commentary powered by the Center Square. Now over to Greg Bishop, for a look at what the Center Square will be
0: working on next week. Next week, the team from the Center Square will present the 2021 Year in Review. From the ongoing pandemic's impact on the economy, schools, the legislature, the state's finances, and more, we'll highlight the top stories of the year. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square Illinois, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, I'm Greg Bishop.